what might oh, be hold the it. Issue. We just got connected. Yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. There we go. Uh, all right. Well, uh, I mean, and now it catches me totally unprepared, you know, of course. All right. Hold on. <laughs> Jeez, almighty. Uh, you know, hey, uh, Murphy, get out of here. We all right. Let's see if we can get this thing started. All right, now the volume isn't loud enough. Jeez. Oh, nothing like live radio. Nothing like it. I was thinking the possibility is the. Um, the server not disconnecting oh, oh, the show. Oh, there's music playing. Hold on. Okay, we can talk here in a second. All right, we finally got on the air this morning and uh, continuing difficulties from this uh, server. Uh, the server, uh, Morto, that's a good Spanish word, Morto, the death of the server earlier this week and having to transfer everything over to a new server and the bugs involved with that and yada 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 ad nauseum so anyway here we got back on the air i don't know if paul intervened or not so we'll have to try and find out the answer to that later saturday edition here we're going on the radio ranch and we got a nice group of folks here on the board we're still relatively new and hadn't been announced very much still a number of people probably don't know we're on on saturdays but that's okay we'll be here anyway we've had a couple of real good shows earlier the 13th and the 20th were both real good saturday shows i thought it's a little bit different day of the week, uh, and uh, optimally, the reason for this was because I was bored as hell on Saturdays, and uh, the uh, other thing is there's a lot of people that you know want to ask questions or get involved, and they work. I, I, I know it's hard to believe there are some people with jobs left and in responsibility, so this is a day for them to, if they want to and can, do an in-run around that and join us and see if we can get some things cleared up for folks or have nice discussions, etc. Roger Sales, obviously. It's the 20, day 27th, I think. I've been so discombobulated with all this. If I'm right, I think it's the 27th. Is that correct? It is. It is. Yeah. Yep. Okay, well, good. I'm on the right day anyway. Uh, of course, we're streaming live on Eurofolk Radio. Sometimes I'm not. Uh, you know, Eurofolk Radio, and uh, this will... These Saturday shows are also put up on the archives. Some of you might not know about archives, and you can access almost four years of archives of this program over at castbox.fm, cast, C-A-S-T, not cash, cast. That's a, that's a record business publication. This is cast, C-A-S-T-B-O-X.com, or no, no castbox.fm. <laughs> God almighty, it's too early. Castbox.fm and put Radio Ranch in there, two words, and... Many hours of good social intercourse will pop up for you. So here we go on the Saturday edition, the 27th. And uh, we were uh, talking about different stuff while we were trying to get connected. But let's see if we can transition into uh, something meatier. Um, there were supposed to be a bunch of new folks on here today. Uh, uh, Mir- Mirka said there might be from her Telegram channel, which I don't promote enough and should promote more. And... Uh, but I just forget, quite frankly. So, um, anyway, I'm getting old, you know. Uh, so, here we go in the Freedom Group on the Saturday edition. So, we were talking. Ella, I'm going to address you first, okay? So, Ella is walk, looking around on, uh, on YouTube. First of all, Ella, you're probably never going to find anything very viable on YouTube. Uh, 
They've yanked most of the stuff. They leave up stuff that leaves that puts bad information out there, and that's what you got a hold of. And I'm not going to disparage this guy because he's he died this year earlier. I've watched him for many years. I know who he is. I knew who he was, and he had a, a exceptional grasp on his field of expertise. But once you drifted out of that, he he doesn't know what the hell he's talking about, and that's the late Jordan Maxwell. Okay. Jordan Maxwell is probably okay. the expert in the world on symbolism, Vatican. He had an uncle that worked at the Vatican that'd come back over to the States. And since he was a young man, would tell him a bunch of this stuff on symbolism. If you want to get something viable out of Jordan Maxwell, go find one of his videos on symbolism and what all these things mean. For example, you're a, uh, you're a truck driver. You ever seen the Shell gas station sign? Yes. What is it? Uh, you know, I don't. I do. It's the rising sun. Tell me. Lucifer, Lucifer, son of the morning. It looks like a scallop yeah. shell, but it's not when you look at it. It's the rising sure. sun. That's how, with the Exxon, mm-hmm. Exxon with the double cross, the double X's, the double cross. Yeah. Okay. All those things. Jordan Maxwell was an expert on all this stuff about it's admiralty law. It's a social security number. That's your slave number. That's a bunch of shit. Okay. So what I try and give you guys is base information where you can understand and you can look at this stuff and know it's bullshit. Okay. So all cap letters. I want to get the all cap. Drop the all cap letters. It doesn't mean crap. What matters is your paperwork in the possession of the secretary. Yes. We've got that from an 1835 court case, Supreme Court. It's never been overruled. Why can't that rule? Because that's what matters. Not all this other crap. All, all form and no substance. The substance is your declaration or affidavit is in the possession of the secretary. That's where the rubber meets the road. Stop biting on all this patriot crap. There's too much of it out there, and it's too much crap. Okay? That's not where I was coming from. I just came across it this morning. That's all. Okay. Well, I thought thought that's where you got the idea. Okay. Well, you're coming with all caps. You put a link in there. I I listened to it. I know it's Jordan Maxwell from the first time he opened his mouth, and you're saying all caps, and he's talking about the Social Security card with the red number in back being the Social Security is not a nexus to the system. I mean, how many times do I have to say that? How many times do I have to illustrate to you guys? Anybody in the world can join Social Security. All the administrative agencies. Well, okay. Well, that's what I got from your email. Well, words speak volumes. Emails Uh, do not. Words mean well. (laughs) Then you should be a little more succinct. But my point is that don't don't bite on all this patriot crap just because it's been out there for all these years. I'm not. I'm not. What about the okay? Well, what about what about the all caps comment? What about the all caps comment? That's patriot crap. Thank you for making that. Thank you, because you know, I thank you. I'm well, just going to leave it at that. I mean, because I am not on board with the patriot 
stuff and what have you. That I'm not. Well, okay, I'm just not on board with that. I, what I'm in well, in this process. Well, where, okay, where did the all caps thing come from? Because we never talk about that around here. Okay, so I'm not picking on you, L. I'm just trying to make a point for people. You know, the reason I go to all this trouble to get uh, you yeah. all these accurate basics yeah. is it so, you know, this is y'all's freedom. I've already got my freedom. I know this information. I know it cold, okay? I'm trying to give you the basics where if you choose, you can do that. And that's where your freedom is, but I can't do it for you. Okay? So, anyway, that's... I completely understand. So you just I'm trying to give you all these basics that are so correct so that you can when you approach and, and and you interact with those situations so oh that's a bunch of crap. And this is why. That's when you got command of the information, okay? When you can when you can interact personal discernment, you got control of the information. When you bite on everything, you're just like any other fish in the sea. Hey, Roger. Message yes, sir. Received. Okay, who is that? This is John, Wisconsin. John, we haven't seen you in a couple of days. How you been? Yeah, I had a little mini vacation. So, Did you? Uh, up in the beautiful Door County, Wisconsin. It was okay. very nice. Good. We'll hope you had a nice time. Relax a little yeah. bit. Get your mind free, all that. Come back yeah, abs- refreshed and absolutely. ready to uh, attack the beast. Yeah, absolutely, okay. I am. Um, just a real quick question. Was the... Uh, uh, the 1835 case you referenced, is that the DRC case? Yes. Now, whenever I've seen it cite is the DRC, and then there's another one that comes up always, DR Bell or something. Are those I, I, don't, I, I don't know about that one. I know about the this DR one. Bell was a party to it, but not named. Because they're both 1835 cases, and they look like they're almost identical. So I'm assuming it's cited either way. Is that the case? Because if you Google no, it. I would cite things correctly. Hey, Roger. Huh. Yeah, it's Jeff. Go ahead. Let Jeff add in here. He's got something to say. Okay. Yeah. Yesterday, I was looking for uh, trying to figure out if the passport card was supposed to indicate national. Anyway, that was my point. However, I discovered, thanks to Google, geez, a book that was published in 1897 or 1898. Yeah. And let me quote one small paragraph. The Secretary of State is the only person in the United States who is authorized by law to issue passports, and all passports or instruments and the nature of passports issued by state or municipal authorities are illegal. Oh, well, you mean you want to send that to Anna? <laughs> sure. Okay. Oh, Tom, why don't you go to the Secretary of State of Georgia and get a Georgia passport? Sure, Anna. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to John. John, what was your... You talk about these two cases being confusing. I don't know about the other one. So, uh, you know where I got this, in all honesty? Where I've gotten so many in- interesting large pieces of the puzzle is from a listener. I didn't know about this case. Okay. Listener sent it to me. I went, but it, it, you know what? I went with, I, I said, like they do out in California when they hit the gold, Eureka! Right. Yeah, no, and I, like I said, it, it, Jeff said that Darbell was a party to the case, but if you if you Google, if you Google DRC, it seems like Darbell comes up. So maybe it is the, like Jeff said, if he was a party to the case, it's cited both ways. Don't know. I doubt um, it. I don't know about the other one. I don't know. One. All I know is this one, you know. 
So if y'all want to go do some research on it, knock yourself out. Okay. Uh, anybody else uh, new? Is anybody new on today that want to say hello, introduce yourself? We don't bite generally. Maybe if we do, we got you know I'm old. I got I got r- r- rolled over teeth, so <laughs> I won't I won't break the skin. <laughs> I am. Hey, how are you? Who are, who are you? Uh, Jacob. Jacob hey, McClellan. Okay. Hey, Jacob. Nice to hear you. Where are you calling from? Uh, Utah. Really? Okay. Great state. My teachers were from there. At least the, the law teacher was. Nice Mormon boy. You're not an American Samoan, are you? <laughs> I am not. <laughs> A lot of American Samoans out there in Utah, Jacob. Have you run um, into any? I don't think so. No, there's a number of them out there. Y'all have, uh, are you, are, are you uh, a member of the church? I, my family was. Okay. You kind of strayed away. Well, you know, the, the Mormons do a great job of their little missionary uh, commitment there. And evidently they've been very active in American Samoa and very successful. And, uh, from what I understand, there's a number of American Samoans in Utah. And in fact, the latest suit challenging, the fact that they can't be U.S. citizens unless they naturalized was came out of Salt Lake. It was overturned at the Tenth Circuit, as predicted, but it did come out of Salt Lake, and your local district judge out there ruled in their favor. <laughs> and then they had to overturn it at the Tenth Circuit. It was an interesting case uh, because you got a lot of American Samoans. Are you aware of this little nuance, Jacob? The the samoans hiding the national thing yes okay and so the samoans are if they get a passport there's a stamp and it says this person is not a citizen of the united states because that's what they've done they hid them back there and left their natural rights and they left it so they could hide the national behind them is what they did okay and so they're at a disadvantage because they're the only territory in the system that is uh, not incorporated that's how they pulled this off but because I guess the Mormon missionary uh, program's been so successful down there, a lot of them moved to Utah. And then they get to the states. They're not citizens of the United States, even though they're nationals. And they get all, hit all these glass ceilings. They can't get so high in their work. They can, If they join the military, they can't be officers. They've got a representative in Congress, but they can't vote. And all these debilitations, see, and they get uh, 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 noticeably don't understand it, for one thing, and get upset and, and want in on the goodies. And so uh, they took this case to court. The judge there, district court, federal court in Salt Lake, ruled uh, in their favor. And uh, within 24 hours, you know what an amicus curie brief is, Jacob? I do not. It is a brief that amicus curie means friend of the court. And it's when there's some kind of contentious issue and people put in briefs in support or opposition to whatever's going on. And within 24 hours, there was two amicus curie briefs filed at the district court in Salt Lake City. And one of them was from the federal government and the other was from American Samoa. And they took that case and overturned it at the Tenth Circuit in Denver, as I told everybody they would. See, they can't let this out of the bag. They can't rule on that case because it blows the whole scheme. Wow. So anyway, welcome, Jacobs. First time with us, huh? Yeah. Good. You got any questions? Uh, yeah, actually. Okay. That's what we're here for. So, um, um, 
I guess my, my dad was kind of in the whole, say, patriot movement back 30 years ago. Right. A lot of Mormons have been in this for a long time. You know, that's where my teacher came, came as I said, from that. And uh, a lot of good Mormon guys really get PO'd. And they see the, the Mormon church leaves a very interesting low-hanging fruit for the IRS. Do you, uh-huh. under, do you understand this? Because the Mormon church says you tithe 10% of your earnings to the church, and the Mormons are very, very strict, and they generally follow that pretty closely. Yeah. So all the IRS has to do is go into the church and see what they tithe to know what they made. Huh. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's interesting. So, like I said, my dad, he was in the whole Patriot movement about 30 years ago. Yeah. You know, Back when I got started. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, probably about the same age as you, but, you know, he was. Well, I hope he, he isn't breaking down like I am. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. You know, this getting old ain't everything is cracked up to be. Okay, go ahead. No. But, you know, he was driving around without a you know, license and all that. Got busted a bunch. Went to court. And uh, they got him on the uh, the resident thing. Of course. Asked him where he resided. Bingo. He had all these outstanding fines against him. Didn't drive or hasn't driven for the last you know twenty years. He's still alive. Your dad's still alive. Yeah. Have you have you introduced this information to him? He's actually he introduced it to me through a friend. Oh. Oh, cool. Okay, good. Which is kind of interesting because we've kind of given up on the whole deal. Yes. Well, many people had, you know, because this is so skillfully hidden. It's so deceptively hidden. These guys are so slick. Yeah. But throughout that, I guess I was put in a kind of interesting situation because, well, he uh, didn't give me a birth certificate or a social security number. Okay. So, you know, while that means I'm sort of out of the system, I'm also in a sort of limbo state where I can't do shit. All right. Well, um, have you, is there any way you can acquire a certificate of live birth? Or I think there's a method where you can get people that have known you or know of the birth and get affidavits and that suffices for a birth certificate. But you're going to have to check into that. I don't know the particulars. The State Department should, however. So that's, I guess that was kind of the essence of my question is in order to uh, put in an affidavit and so forth, I need to volunteer into the system first? No, you're already in the system. Have you ever been asked, are you a citizen of the United States or, or, or a resident? And you answered yes. Well, no, because I don't have a driver's license. I Okay, well, it, well there's a, those questions are in all kinds of forms. It's not just driver's license stuff. Okay. Um, okay. Let me give you an example. My friend, I hadn't talked to him in a number of years. He used to be on here with us, but he's just so damn stubborn. Uh, Tom Schramm, who he and I used to really kind of started in this together 30 years ago. And uh, Tom had a son. Uh, it was the same name as you, Jacob. And uh, he was born at home. And at north of Atlanta in a resort called uh, Bent Tree, just the first 
mountainous type north of Atlanta, and there's a nice, couple of nice resorts up there. And uh, the Jacob was born at home and with a certificate of live birth. And um, they, when he tried to get and apply the Secretary of State, they gave Tom all kinds of problems. He's one of the only people I've ever known that couldn't get a passport out of there, but I think a lot of that's his fault. Um, Tom's very litigious. He wants to, you know, take everybody to court. And uh, so uh, what they did was the first one of the first refusals they wrote back and he he had the certificate of live birth that you're going to have to go something through the Bureau of Vital Statistics. I'm trying to remember this exactly. And uh, this was very interesting. Okay, And they went to the Bureau of Vital Statistics and they had a record of his birth out of the hospital at home and the reason was that was a census year and the census taker came by that house and registered that birth of that baby and then uh, he he kept trying to bang heads with the the, uh, state department and they kept giving him a runaround for some reason tom's one of these people i don't want to have to talk to them they don't have any authority over me i'm going to do everything in the state right tom and he'd been trying that for years, you know, with very little success. Uh, and I don't honestly know if he ever got Jacob's probably 20, hell, 25 or more now. I, I doubt if, I don't know if he ever got a, an ID, okay, or a passport. But uh, the you don't have to have a passport here. All you have to do is take your affidavit and do a cover letter and send it what we call naked or cold to the Secretary of State in that format. See, they can't refuse that. When you do something with a passport, you're asking them for an ID and an application and paying them, and on grounds they can reject that, which they did with Tom and a few others occasionally. But they can't uh, negate the the cold affidavit in because this is your choice, not theirs. Okay. I mean, sorry. When so, you talk about uh, sending in the affidavit, right? You say yeah. that you, it's supposed to be added to your administrative file. Correct. And the reason is because that court case we were just talking about from 1835, okay? And it says in that, of course, back then there was only one status. There wasn't a secondary status in 1835. Mm -hmm. The Civil War hadn't happened yet, okay? And so it was a question of citizenship. I'll paraphrase it for you. Uh, Unless, John, John, do you have that site handy? I've got it, but it's hard for me to read. Jeff, do you have it handy? You can read it to Jacob here. I'll paraphrase. Did I just read or no? I'll just par- I'll paraphrase it for you, Jacob. Okay, it says it a passport is a document issued by the Secretary of State that presents you to foreign nations under the law of nations. Now that's important because that's Vattel's law of nations, which was even more recognized back then, of course, because it was still newer, and it was a real overriding set of laws that every country in the world signed on to. Vattel, V A T T E L. Vattel's Law of Nations. And in that, it says every man has the right of personal, political self-determination. And what that means is you get to choose what set of laws you want to live under. They can't tell you. If they tell you you're going to live under this set of laws, that's tyranny. And that's why they've gone to all this trouble to turn everything around so they can ask you those two questions. Okay. So, so I don't know. Hey, hold on, let me finish. Roger. Hold on, Ken. It goes on and it says, uh, however, 
if this is to the fact of citizenship, that's an entirely different matter. Not the passport. It's an ex parte document. Okay. If it's to the fact of citizenship, it is determined by the paperwork in the possession of the secretary, if admissible in a court of law, should be considered the higher and better evidence. Now, what they're telling you is it matters, the rubber meets the road at what paperwork on this issue the Secretary of State has in his position, in his possession. Okay, and if it's in a, in a, a admissible as evidence, well, that's why we tell you to do affidavits. They can't keep mm-hmm. affidavits out, and they got to rebut them with uh, 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 rebutting your facts, and they got to sign an under penalty of perjury. Not only will they never do it, they can't do it. Okay, so this is where you back them in a corner right here. And if it's in the possession of the secretary and if it's admissible in a court of law, you can bring it in should they ever challenge anybody and it bypasses the rules of evidence because it's in the possession of the secretary and it's an affidavit that's unrebutted. So you see what you're doing here is you're putting these little bastards in checkmate in the corner. And the only thing they can do is adhere to what we're doing or take the mask off and be open tyrants. Those are their only choices. Yeah. Okay. So is that cleared up for you a bit? Now, let me see. Ken, you had something to add? Sorry, I just... Yeah, I just wanted to uh, bring up the issue of the DS-10 form again, which is the birth affidavit. Um, and just to read it off real quickly, this form is used uh, when no birth certificate exists for a person born in the United States or when a U.S. birth certificate was filed more than a year after birth. This form or a written statement that includes all of the information on this form must be filled out by a close blood relative, for example, an older brother or sister who has personal knowledge of the details of the passport applicant's birth or by a person who is personally involved in the passport applicant's birth, for example, the attending physician. Um, I'll just go ahead and read the rest of this. It's a little bit wordy, but the person filling out this form is the uh, the affiant. the The form is an affidavit. An affidavit is a signed, written statement that okay, an affiant good. swears or affirms is true. The form is submitted with an application for a U.S. passport, okay. and then um, just to uh, it does have the the warning statement on it as well um and uh so the warning statement is on the ds10 too yeah let me read it real quickly well, I, okay go ahead uh false statements made knowingly and willfully in passport applications including affidavits or other supporting documents submitted to support this application are punishable by fine or imprisonment, yep. blah, 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 U.S., yep. blah, blah, blah. Yep. Alteration or mutilation of a passport issued pursuant to this application is punishable by fine and or imprisonment, blah, blah, blah. The use of a passport in violation of the restrictions contained therein or the passport, okay, it's not really saying anything unusual except the last statement is all statements and documents are subject to verification. Yep. Um, but the uh, the detail part is passport applicant must submit the following early public records, in other words, a baptismal certificate, hospital birth certificate, early school records, uh, or a delayed uh, birth certificate or letter of uh, no record. 
uh, a form DS10 and a form DS11. Okay. Um, you can get more information on the usual spot, travel.state.gov slash citizenship for more information. I think it's quite um, interesting that that form is in the form of an affidavit. Yeah. Oh, absolutely, yes. It's very interesting. Um, and, uh, um, I mean, it's it's exactly that you have to sign it and it says this form sign this form in front of a passport agent passport acceptance agent okay. or notary okay. all right and the yeah. uh, the affiant must submit a clear photocopy of the front and back of the valid id you presented to the passport agent passport acceptance agent or notary anyhow okay just wanted to get that uh off my chest just for his uh his knowledge okay jacob that helped you out a little bit you need to go find your ds10 do you have some people that can fill the criteria your brothers your sisters your dad's still alive your mom's still alive i think so so that that is actually quite helpful okay i was just so i guess this is probably a stupid question (laughs) but just to clarify like sorry Jacob, the only the only stupid question is the one that isn't asked. Thank you. Sending in right to the secretary secretary of state your affidavit, right? Yes, sir. Does it matter if you don't have a, a file on record? No, you you've got a file. Everybody's got an administrative file. You might not have anything in it yet. Okay. Even if. Let me ask you a question. Do you have an ID? No. You don't have any ID? No. Okay. This first thing you ought to tackle, because you notice they said you need an ID, and in the passport instructions, it says if you don't have a current picture ID, you can bring someone with you that's known you for at least two years that has one. Is that language in the DS-10, Ken? I I believe some of what it says. Yeah. um, It's talking about the affiant. Yep, that's you. Um, that would be ja- that would be Jacob. Now the affiant, uh, as I understand it, is the person that's um, uh, confirming the affidavit, his, his birth. Yes, yeah, what I said. It's and the affiant. The, if you're if you're putting in an, an affidavit, you're the affiant. Right, but his uh, he's the passport applicant. Well, correct. The client is his older brother or sister. So I, I just in okay, case there well, was any that may confusion be, on that. May, that uh, may be some hair splitting there. I thought the affiant was the guy that's submitting the affidavit, in my knowledge. Anyway, there's you're going to have to do a little bit of legwork, Jacob. Okay. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you might want to do, and I'm not sure if since you don't have any of these documents, uh, is to probably work on those first. And then one thing you might do, do you have a driver's license? No. Okay, good. That's good. Here, uh, you should be able to go to the Utah Driver's License Division and take in, find out what you need to verify it. You might want to call and talk to them first and go in and get a Utah State-issued ID. And when you go and go through that process to get the ID, that's why I said talk to them and find out what they required for you to have to issue that to you. And now you've got, and you give them whatever that documentation is in the process, and then that will be attached through the state of Utah to your new ID, and you'll be a national in the database of Utah. Now you've got a picture ID. Now you go over and get the rest of this done. 
Wait, so I can, you're saying I could get a, a national or become a national without becoming a. You're under the presumption that you're a citizen of the United States already, even though you don't have those documents. The presumption oh. is there because that's what happened with Tom and his son, yeah. Jacob. Okay. And what you're trying to do is to rebut that presumption, but your case, you don't have any of the foundational documents to go do this. So you need to find out. I would contact the Utah Driver's License Division and tell them a story. Look, I don't have a birth certificate. I don't have any ID of my birth. I want to get a state-issued ID. What do I need to satisfy you to be able to do that? Now you got a place to start, okay? Get the DS-10 that too but that's just a suggestion if you want an id you i think you can get one this way okay all right that was basically the substance of my question was okay. if i needed to basically go through the system get the ids in order to well what you're going to do when you go through the process of getting the state issued ideas you're going to present your affidavit and they're going to include it in the application process and it'll be in their database okay Okay, so you'll be a national from that point forward. All right. Now, it won't be official because you don't have it up at the Secretary of State yet, but you'll have a state-issued ID, and that information will be in Utah's database. All right. Okay. Just, uh, yes, Ken? Sorry to interrupt, but um, I, I you know, had this exact same problem with the exception that I had a hospital birth certificate. I didn't have a numbered birth certificate. Um, but I think that if you use the DS-10, um, you can submit for your passport card and then use that as your ID. Um, but I submitted my um, U.S. Department of State uh, affidavit, actually declaration, um, Ten, actually two weeks prior to applying for my passport card. Right. Um, but I had no ID. The only thing I had different than what he has going on is I had a birth certificate. Right. And I was able to get my card with that. Um, but I'm thinking that if he supplies the DS-10, um, he should be able to go ahead and apply for a passport card. Well, it, it, um, yeah, that's true. But even now, we're suggesting people send in that cold affidavit first. You don't have to have an ID absolutely. to do that. See, you don't. They're not going. Nobody's going to exactly. ask you. You don't have to have any of that. Just get. Go ahead and work on that, uh, Jacob. On the website, thematrixdocs.com, there is a document called "How to File a National Affidavit." And with and without a passport application, go read that. And the first paragraph, I think the first part of it covers without a passport app. Okay. And go read that. If you've got any problems with that, the address of the State Department, everything's in there in the instructions. You get back with us. Okay. I want to ask you, how old are you, Jacob? I'm, I'm 23. Okay. Good. Good to have you young folks in here. And your dad's help to what's going on here, what we're teaching? Uh, yeah, he said he wanted to look into it. I'm, I haven't called him recently, so I need to know. Okay. But, um, so you're saying I should first get a, a state ID before I... No, I think the first thing you should do is send in a cold affidavit with I'm, I'm a national, not a citizen of the United States. Then go back. Because, see, that's a different process from the passport application. Okay. All right. 
And what you're um, really doing with the passport application is you're trying to get a government-issued ID, in this instance, a passport card that's got that affidavit attached to the process because they got to register it there. Now you've got a government-issued ID that reflects and attaches to your new political status. That's really the main reason. Okay. Yeah. If I might add, hold it. We got Mr. Brent is going to add. Uh, earlier this week, in one of our marathon after-show sessions, uh, <laughs> gluttons, gluttons for punishment. Yeah. Oh, you should hear the one last night. But um, they came up with Samuel's template for his affidavit. And it is just about perfect. It's up on Google Docs, I believe. Okay, I don't know anything about that. I wasn't involved. Yeah, if one of the guys has the link and can throw it up there, you know, Jake can take advantage of it. Okay. So you got a lot of help here, Jacob. Kind of get your duck together, and you got to uh, either go do the DS10 or, or, or at the same time, you know, in that range, go see if you can get you a Utah State picture ID, and then you'll have that as a national, and then hopefully you'll get the passport card, and it'll represent that, and you'll have two government-issued IDs that represent that. Does that sound good? Yeah. Okay, good deal. Hey, hey Roger. Yeah. I got something that might be of interest to some of the folks on here that haven't gotten their green cards back. I went down to the post office um, because I hadn't gotten my green card after about a week and a half, two weeks. And so I asked them if they could print, because it seems to me in the past I was able to do this when I didn't get a green card back. And you can actually go in, and they can actually go in and on their website, I tried it on their website because you know how you can get confirmation just by going USPS.com and getting tracking, and I printed that off, and it proves that someone received it, delivered, signed, whatever. Okay. But you didn't get the green card. So, and, I, and she said she thought you, a person could do this on their own, but I tried it after she gave me what she gave me, and she actually gave me a printout of a enlarged uh, photograph of the actual signature of you oh. know in the date or whatever of who signed for it okay but what was it but so that might be an option but here's what's interesting and i thought i'd throw this out too and i haven't gone back and i'm planning on doing it today if i have time before work is i and eventually got my green card i was like praise the good lord i you know it was nice to just nice to have you don't need it i know but it was just nice to have it but what was really weird is from the photograph and it's the exact tracking number where she printed off this guy's signature it was a, like a Rob Mart, Robert Martin who signed on the, the Xerox or the thing she printed off the Internet. But when I got my green card, it was a totally different signature and a different individual. I know, Mighty. <laughs> it's weird. So when I tell you the post office is screwed up, are you all starting to believe me? <laughs> yeah. Jeff, you want to tell them? And that was a long time ago, you know. Uh, don't wait. Don't Everybody hinges on the green card. Once it's put into the mail system, it's considered received. Yeah, that's true, and that's legal. Don't that's for wait anything. on the green card. I mean, it's all. I I I I get a little frustrated at times with all of our folks majoring on the minors here. Now, all caps. It doesn't matter if it's all caps. It matters what's in the possession of the secretary. Stop majoring on the minors. Jacob, do we get you taken care of? 
Uh, I think so. Okay. I just well, have, look, feel free if you ever got – I know this is confusing, especially somebody your age, okay? It's confusing yeah. to a lot of people. It's inten- it was intentionally set up to confuse and buffalo you so you couldn't find the answer. You're just going to have to work through it a little bit. That's why this program right here exists is for people like you and those situations right there. So we can help you, okay? Pardon me? I'm going to have to do a lot of research to... Well, I mean, you know, listen, you get to learn the material. We've got... got, copious amounts of hours discussing this stuff okay all these little nuances and it's deep man what you've seen so far is the 10 percent of the iceberg that's above the surface and 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 really if you want to truly be free and have command of this you got to learn that 90 percent that's under okay it doesn't happen overnight man i mean i've been doing Roger. it for 30 years that's why i'm so familiar with it i eat sleep and drink this stuff Okay. Now, I don't know how long it'll take you to get command of it, but at least you understand enough where the object here for Jacob, I'll get to you in a second, Paul. The object here, Jacob, is for you to be able to be a belligerent claimant if somebody's going to challenge you. And you can't be a belligerent claimant unless you know the information. They'll buffalo you every time, just like they did your dad, asking him where he resided. Mm-hmm. Okay. So actually, I, have, I do have another question. I'm sorry if I'm taking up. Okay, well, hold your question. Let me get Paul's yeah. comment, and we'll go to your question. Paul? Well, I think he's got to be really careful how he proceeds with this because he's in a unique position. He's not in the system at all. No, he's so, considered um, neither, was Tom, neither was Tom Schramm's son, and he was considered in the system. That's why they told him to go to the Bureau of Vital Statistics where he found out they'd registered him with the census. He's in the system. Okay, well, he was in the system, but if Jacob's not in the system at all, they don't even have his name. They don't know who he is. They don't know him from Adam. How can they have jurisdiction over him? Because he's born in the United States and the presumption of law is there. That's what they're going to do. That's how they handle this. They would have to prove that. They, they all he's got to do is file the DS10 with uh, with a witness uh, with a witness affidavit, send the DS10 and his affidavit of citizenship well, to the to the I, uh, Secretary I, of State, I, I don't, and that should be done with. Well, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I'm giving him this other option of getting a state issued ID too. Okay, yeah. so I'm just giving you options. People like so, options. How old is Jacob? 23. 23. Has he ever been in the driver's seat of an automobile and gotten pulled over? Nope. Okay. So they do things, you know, guys, listen, they do things different in Utah. Okay. I wasn't born in Utah. Oh, you weren't. Where were you born? Arizona. Okay. Well, close enough. They got a, a bunch of church folks up there in Northern Arizona too. Yeah. So, I have in front of me, actually, on my desk here, I have a, a DS-10 that was filled out by my mom. Okay. Well, that ought to, that's pretty first-hand knowledge. So if if I sent that in, like you said, with like the affidavit of what? citizenship I, evidence. Yeah, so, yeah. So... 
Look, I've never dealt with anybody except Tom that didn't have a birth certificate here that's in your position, okay? So mm-hmm. I'm not totally sure of the procedure, but you need this DS-10s forms are relatively new to me. All right, Jill's Ken brought it up. I wasn't familiar with it. So, Does he have a driver's license? No, he does not have any ID, period. Okay. So... Um, Rogers, they did the affidavit of birth, and then they did the affidavit for national and send it into SOS. Come again, please. To do the affidavit of birth with the two witnesses and the affidavit for national. I I would think that if your mom's still uh, with us and she could do an affidavit of birth as a mom and you you got brothers and sisters, Jacob? Yeah. Okay, they could verify that. You ought to be in the clear right there. But you're going to have to do the research here because it's totally new to me. Okay. Okay. So you got two tracks to follow: the DS10 and their instructions. If you got problems with it, call the State Department, call the Passport Division. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, they got 800 numbers and stuff. And you've also got the option of taking that very same certificate of live birth and trudging down to the Utah Driver's License Division and see if you can get a Utah State ID. Okay. But so do I take your affidavit with you when you do that so it'll get registered in the process. All right. Okay. I, just, I have one more worry in them. Okay, we're trying. All right. Time. No, that's okay. Is a. Um, See, the only way. With, with stuff like this right here, Jacob, we all learn. Thank you. Um, so, let's see. Saying saying I don't have a file. If if I try and uh, well, they'll uh, they'll open one for you. See, here's the, the administrative state is a court of record. You don't recognize that because it's not a room with a black robe bandit up there, but it's a court of record, and the record okay. is your administrative file. And anything you send them or any replies that they send you have to be in that administrative file. It's a court of record. That's the record. Okay. So the thing I've, I guess, been trying to get at is basically if, see, like, if I go in here with an affidavit of citizen citizenship, like, First thing first. Right. That's the first thing you ought to do is work on that. Um, and they, you know, I don't have any evidence. Let's Doesn't say, matter. It's your statement. Born, it's your statement. Doesn't matter. Here. So they're not going to lock me up and hold me indefinitely until they can find out where to deport nope. me to? Nope. Which no. What, no. None of that's going to happen. All right, Jacob, I've been helping people do this for 11 and a half years. Okay. I don't have any idea how many people have filed this paperwork. Most of them don't contact me. Hey, Roger, I follow my paperwork. Some of them do. Okay. But I can tell you this. If anybody had problems in their lives because they've done this, they'd find I'm accessible. They'd find a way to get a hold of me. Roger, Roger, I did this. What happened? What do you do? I've never had one of those calls in 11 and a half years. Okay. Okay. You can get in a lot of trouble playing word salad with the uh, um, land of uh, land and water law, but mm-hmm. Roger is the, is the foremost expert in the world 
on what he's saying, and that's why we have so many people here uh, in how, this room. How many people are on today? Uh, 48. Oh, fantastic on Saturday. That's good. That's good. That's good. We're building. Roger, I have a question. Okay, hold on. Let's deal with Jacob here. We want to get him. I'll go to you, Daniel. Jacob? Yeah. What else you got? Um, I think that's probably finally about it. Okay, well, I'd go back and start doing your homework, expose yourself to the information, go over there to the matrixdocs.com and listen to those interviews and start finding out where the holes are in your understanding that you don't grasp and then come back to us. Okay. Okay. And is there any like list of, I guess, pertinent legal documents? Like, what do you mean? Um, everything. I don't know. That's probably too much to ask for. Well, no, I can tell you probably if you want, you're looking for court sites and stuff to back up your position. Okay. Well, I got one document. Paul, do we have that? Um, those two pages on the website of all those court sites where U.S. citizens are property? We, yep. Okay, that's on the Matrix yep. Docs website down in exhibits. And if okay. you want further, uh, you can get a copy of my book. And in the back is my five-page affidavit that John and Glenn wrote. I didn't write it. I didn't hardly know what a friggin' affidavit was 30 years ago. Okay? And it's all four about four pages of that are, are important court sites buttressing your position, slaughterhouse cases. asking for proof? Where is the proof? Is that what you're asking for? Where's the proof here, Jacob? Well, I'm asking for the material to read to understand the law. Okay, I would, I would, I would really advise you get a copy of my book. Okay, mm-hmm. and it's called "From Sovereign to Serf: Government by the Treachery and Deception of Words." A lot of the stuff we're talking about now is not in there. It was written 11 years ago off an affidavit that was written or off a manuscript written a number of years before that. And so we just don't have this new information. I don't want to go back and update the book because the book is a masterpiece the way it is. Okay. But if you really want the other thing you can do to update yourself totally is get that and read it. You're going to have the understanding of the basics that will serve you well. All right. And what we did do about two years ago was kind of update of the book, but it's in a document that's on the website called How to Escape the Matrix. Okay. Two page document. It's bullet points. Man, I'm telling you what, it took us, I, I can't, 20 uh, something hours of editing to get that thing down to where it's a bullet point, covers the subject matter, and only takes up two pages. That was a hell of a challenge. This is a voluminous amount of information, and that's a real good bullet point overview, okay? So you start there and do your homework, and as you get questions, you come back and ask them if you can't find them there, okay? Now, my suggestion is when you get a copy of the book, you can get a hard copy or an ebook copy, all right, is to go. You have to get the ebook copy off the Sovereign to Surf website. I don't think we've got a link up to that. But uh, it's only five bucks, okay? And uh, I would suggest that you read the, the, the first part of the book is my story, 
because you couldn't just write a book and launch into this heavy legal stuff. So I fashioned the book like an AA meeting, and the first part of the book is my story, and the second part of the book is the legal argument. John and Glenn edited an 80-page manuscript and turned it into a book masterpiece, especially that back half, the legal argument. I suggest you read that a minimum of twice. Right. Okay. You'll get it. Just takes time, man. It doesn't come overnight. You know, we didn't get in this situation overnight. You're not going to undo it overnight. Okay. Roger, those two pages of bullet points, is that, are you referring to the back of your book? No, that's the affidavit. There's a, a, a document that John Kassarab came up with that's two pages of court sites showing from court decisions that U.S. citizens are property. Okay, and that's that's in your book or that's somewhere? No, it's not in my book. It's on the website, thematrixdocs.com. I just, I just, okay. I just posted those on the, in the chat. Okay, thank you. And then, But you said something about court citations in reference to your book or something, didn't you? Uh, yes, I did. In the back of my book is a copy of my five-page affidavit. And about four pages of that are court sites at Slaughterhouse, okay. Guam, Kim Ark, Elk v. Wilkins, that kind of stuff. Gotcha. So that's what I need. In fact, I need to send that to Judy. I told her I'd send it to her because there's going to be a lot of ammunition in that for what she's doing and contesting this thing in Georgia, and I've forgotten to send it to her. I can't imagine why. I'm only chasing my tail and, you know, got cir- Indians circling the wagons. Uh, yesterday, Daniel? Yes, sir. We were going to get to you in a second, but I want to say something first. The interview with Renette went splendidly yesterday. That's what I wanted to know. Okay, and we had, although there was some tech, we had weird technical problems, okay? And I, I, I'm not one of these, oh, God, they knew we were going to have an interview and they're messing with us. I'm, I, I, I just don't believe Where that. Where was that interview? Well, it's not posted yet. It was just done yesterday. I don't know when she's going to post it. She's got an account, and I don't know what her account is, at Substack. As soon as I get that information from her, I'll let you all know. But what we had to do was go over to Zoom, and then because she doesn't pay for Zoom, there's a 40-minute time limit. And so every time we'd get to the end of the 40 minutes, we'd cut off, and she'd send me a new link, and we'd do it again. And it took three 40-minute uh, Zoom sessions to wow. get over pretty much just the high points, really. But wow. uh, she was well, a very good interviewer. Hold on, hold on. She was a very good interviewer, and I enjoyed it very much, and I'm sure we're going to do further ones, okay? I think she was a little shocked when some of the stuff hit her. I just want to say that she was the former mayor. You said this before twice, and she ran for governor and was in contention, and then they just, you know, the, the power machine just did her in. Kind of like, so. kind of like Lee Elder, kind of like a lot of people they don't ever want in, right? Right. No, I was, uh, I was very charmed. Uh, Renette was very nice, and we had a very productive conversation. Well, that was why I wanted to know because I got, I got a, an appointment right now, and I wanted to get get to that before I had to get off the thing. But okay. thanks so much, Roger. Yeah, man, it was nice. I I enjoy doing those interviews. Boy, I got an email from a guy last night through the website i think and he said my brother gave me that interview you did with tim brown wow and he said i i got a company with 75 employees and i want to do a personal consultation with you so i haven't heard back from him but that's kind of good cool 
Uh, next time you have problems with hey. connectivity or or uh, meeting time limits, just get a hold of me because I've got every kind of subscription known to man. I will put you together and get it done. For for what? What are you talking about, Paul? <clears throat> well, you know your interview. You had you had the forty minute. Limit oh well, well that. yeah. At the heat of the battle, you don't know that you know. And I we tried that steam room thing. And all I she I, I was seeing me, but we weren't duplexing on the video. And then we tried Zoom, and something else happened, and we couldn't duplex on the video. So anyway, we reverted back and got it done. Okay, I've got I've got Restream, I've got Streamyard, I've got Zoom, I've well, got everything. Well, you fix the Streamyard together. for me so that the audio works. So the audio is working fine. We could hear each other, but the video wasn't duplexing. Okay, weird. Yeah, well, we're that's what we both said, you know, and I've used Zoom. I use use it every Sunday, and it was messing up too. But we finally figured out or it worked, or hell, I don't know, you know. Yeah. So anyway, uh, say Roger. Yes, oh. hello. Uh, yeah, Roger. Um, this is Dave uh, from New York. Oh, and hey, uh, Dave, you were putting a plug hey. in for me the other day, were you? Well, uh, I, it was it was actually a test. Ah. Uh, it turned out to be a test because, um, it, you know, I started out saying that, uh, listen, uh, you what? know, the story of Jacob and Esau and yeah. what happened. Well, you, you, what, you're That's telling this story. You're telling this story to Bradley, to Bradley Dean. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. You need to tell the and, audience cause they don't know what we're talking about. You and I've exchanged. Right. Right. Well, on his show, uh, I mentioned, uh, because he said, Hey, if you got any criticisms or any positive, whatever, you know, just call in. And I wasn't calling in to criticize, uh, what I was calling in uh, on that, uh, what I was calling in was was to let him know and let people know that you had talked about that. And Bradley is talking about, you know, U.S. citizenship. He's talking about the Constitution. He's always kind of talking about that. And I was explaining that, listen, when you're dealing with the mafia, you need to establish who you are and what your status is. Uh, you know, look what Jacob did to Esau. So you've accepted a... I, I, I emphasize that accepting a benefit causes a problem. But um, so he mulled it over. And, you know, the way he works is no, I've never heard it of seems him. like he always I've never heard. Yeah, of he always wants to be right eventually. And, uh, you know, I mentioned some other things to him later about another subject, but um, which which they were uh, really off on. <clears throat> but uh, anyway, he said he would go look at it. And so the next day I, I happened to tune in and he he says well that caller in new york yesterday and uh they're trying to take the easy way out and these guys who are making money on selling methods to do this is basically what he was saying and i sent him a text immediately i said what in the world i used a wtf abbreviation he doesn't charge anything so he didn't use your name but he's making an implication here and uh i really uh, dislike his manner of trying to uh trying to step on the caller or what the caller says and elevate himself uh, many times he does this now he's also trying to make some solid scriptural points it seems uh, i i don't know where these guys are coming from you know you don't know you don't know but well, they, um you know i can't know. If, if the guy wants to you know talk to me and learn more great and if he doesn't that's okay too he'll just come in at the back of the line when other people have and he'll finally dawn on him and he'll smarten up i yeah i i think he um he looked he looked back at it or he talked to tim about it and and 
did said something the next day. So my point is he didn't get the point. Yeah, he didn't well, get the point, hey, and listen. I could have called in and tried to make it again, but I don't want to just do a, you know, an Dave, argument with uh, Bradley. Dave, yeah, Dave, there's yeah. a whole bunch of people that don't get it. You know how yep. I tell y'all how you're so special to me is because a whole bunch of people don't get this, and I don't know why. Generally, they don't have a spiritual gene. This is the conclusion I've come to, but evidently this guy seems to put forth he's got a spiritual gene, but it ain't registering, so I, I don't know, you know. Well, he, he is he is emphasizing, and I'm trying to understand even what he was saying, that, that we need to throw off the tyrants, you know, like they did before, and he's not being specific. And so I said, uh, you know, the pen is mightier than the sword. Right. That was one of the main but, points. Right. You know, if if you do not declare this, if you do not, if you're not responsible to declare who you are, then um, you're being irresponsible. And he went around and did assemblies for what, 25, 30 years, uh, promoting personal responsibility and, uh, you know, uh, downing the idea of, of abortions so uh you know it's right along his line uh he just didn't quite uh, it, the, connect yet. The, the bulb hadn't come on yet i guess not okay well, um, I, you but, know, if i if i if he wants to talk to me i'll be glad and try and clarify it but if he won't listen to the interview <laughs> i did on his own network and he won't listen to people calling in you just you know that dog don't hunt i ain't gonna go beat people up on this I've learned that's counterproductive yeah. many years ago. They call you names. Okay. They call you like really bad names. Oh, come on. That would never happen except it happened to me. <laughs> they had whole shows on me. <laughs> These guys went way off the rocker. I mean, they really showed their colors. Uh, I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Dave, you kind yeah. of deserved it a couple times, uh, but I don't uh, think uh, I did. I don't think I did. <laughs> Uh, well, I, 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 listen, I've told them the truth and, and, and they, they're going on lying and not admitting that they're telling falsehoods. So, uh, you know, just blatant falsehoods and, uh, Statmiller started the whole thing with his, uh, conspiratorial, uh, bend and his insinuations and, 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 and he could get away with it. Let's not go there now. Well, not at all. It's, it's a truth. Dave. I call you day to day for a reason. You get very angry yeah. at hosts that don't swallow whatever officialdom is putting out as data. Okay? No, 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 I don't. That is wrong. No, okay, that, that's not at all the truth. That's not the truth. The truth is, yeah, that's you true. need to look at what's available, and you can't just write it off. Uh, that's absurd. Peer reviewed. Yeah, peer reviewed. We're seeing these all the time now. It's coming to light. These people have to keep their positions by writing these peer-reviewed articles, and it doesn't matter whether any of that's true or not. It, it, it doesn't matter. What it's what about? what is true there. It, it is what is true that we need to discern. And when when they've made images of the SARS-CoV-2, Merle Nass has come out, uh, you know, with with stuff on this as well. It's very clear uh, that, that there's, you know, so strong evidence for all of all of this uh, this virus. And w what is happening is there are people out there that, that are coming out. Uh, uh, wait, you're talking over me? No, I'm sorry. That's not acceptable. I'm sorry. That's not acceptable. I'm. I'm. Uh, the point is that. 
They are downing the virus. Please, 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 let's not take up our time here. Hey, Murr, would you you guys quit bickering? We're not going to take up our time here with this. Please. This guy is on Um, RBN all the time. The the only point I'm making here is that people who deny the virus exists are denying that there was gain of function and denying that there's a big operation here. I'm I'm talking to you... um, Okay. Please. That's a very important point. Please, please, you guys. We're not here to talk about the virus. We're here to talk about your status. Okay. All right. But uh, you understand what I'm saying. Discussion, do it after hours, okay? So thanks, thanks, Dave, for putting the bug in there. You know, you might tell Bradley that five times in Matthew 24, it says, do not be deceived. That's Jesus' words. He told you five times in one verse for a reason. Well, there's another verse that talks about uh, receiving a benefit. And in, in other words, um, I'll have to think of that. I'll put it in a chatter. I'll, I'll okay, well, that's it. nothing. That's nothing but a, but a modern-day re, regurgitation of the form for jurisdiction. Protection for allegiance, allegiance for protection. If you receive the benefit, yeah. you owe the duty. That's the way our people put it. It's basically the same thing. R plus D equals yeah. R. Okay. That's Romans 13 right there. So, yeah, Romans 13 is always misinterpreted. If you want to believe, don't believe me, go to Ted Weiland's website, missiontoisrael.org, buy his short, very inexpensive book on Romans 13. You'll get a good picture. It's taken out of context. As they always do. I heard, I heard a clip on this guy Dugan, this Russian guy that they killed his daughter. He's quite a guy, evidently, okay, he's a philosopher. I heard a philosopher talking about it the other night, and they pulled one clip out of this, out of, talking about Ukrainians, out of his speech, said, kill, 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 and that's what they play. Well, he's half Ukrainian, for God's sakes. He wasn't talking about that. It was taken totally out of context. That's what they do. They take a sound bite that's out of context and use it against you. Look at what happened to Alex Jones in that trial, for God's sakes. Okay. So anyway, where where can we go productive here? Hey Roger, I have something productive. Okay, good. We like some productivity around here. Come on. <laughs> uh, so real quick update on my uh, passport application uh, for the audience. Uh, who who is this? Dan. Yeah, this is Dan. Right, Dan in California, our German guy that's naturalized. That's right. <laughs> Tried and wanted to be yeah. an actor and realized Hollywood's full of crap. Go ahead. Uh, that's that's correct. Yes. Um, but I got a letter back from the passport agency. Oh, uh, how nice. Yeah. Um, basically requesting I have to I have to submit my original because remember earlier I came on a show and said you only have to submit. And this is in their own documentation. You have to submit two certified copies and you're going to be good. But for some reason, uh, they're not following their own documentation anymore okay well i would take i would write them a letter back and and quote their own documentation to them and ask them what's the next step in your administrative appeal yeah i yeah i didn't do that i sent in the original okay we'll see if it suffices if it comes back and they give you problems again that's always your next question Mm-hmm. This is your instructions. I'm following them to the T. You're not recognizing what's the next step in my administrative appeal because now you're in a court of law. It's called the administrative process. 
Yeah. Now, yeah, if you I go through the like administrative hall, let me use this as a teaching moment here. If you go through the administrative process and you still can't get any satisfaction because you've completed your administrative appeals, now you take them to district court. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I've got a question. All right. Hold on. Let's get Dan. Is that, is that, you understand that, Dan? I, I do. Yeah. And I should have thought about it. But I do have another um, request if you could. Okay, well, let's see if Paul's got something to add to that. Paul, did you have something to add to that? Yeah, my question is, how did you send that in? Did you send it certified or registered? No, it's Never send anything registered. Registered well, is for things with intrinsic value. How well, many times are you telling me that we've got a retired doesn't have value? Pardon me? In, it doesn't have intrinsic value, No. Maybe not to somebody else, but it damn sure has value to me. There's just, there's just no sense to do that. That's not what that's for. Certified's what's that's for. Registered is for gold, silver, bear bonds, stocks. That's why you have to put a tape over every seam of the package, and that's why internally when you put it in the post office, every person that touches that package has to sign for it. What and they put it in a locked cage at night in the back. Jeff? Yes. If you don't use certified, but you use registered, you're getting no extra benefit. And all you're doing is slowing down the movement of your piece. And of then you go, where's my registered thing? It's not back. That's because everybody has to sign it. It ain't there yet. That's right. Mm. Yeah, no, I sent it certified, but I do have another quick question or rather a request for you, Roger, is that uh, can you go over all the legal landmines that are in the 14th Amendment? Sure I'd love can. to have like a... All right, well, let's go over it word by word, yeah. okay? All persons born or naturalized in the United States, comma, and subject to the jurisdiction thereof, comma, are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. First of all, persons. Does that mean everybody? No, it means all legal persons. Born. What's the born thing? Oh, underneath it's this feudal system thing we never connected. Naturalized in the United States. Well, that's the federal United States, not the United States of America. Remember, this is a federal citizenship that had never been there before. Comma. And, and, it doesn't say are, it says and. And subject to, not are subject to. Okay, so there's the second prong of the legal test. Subject. A king has subjects. Subject to. Citizen of the United States. That's a particular color term of art, they call it. And that's this new federal citizenship, which is normally applied to BRACs, and the state in which they reside. Resident. You think it means you live there? It means what system of law are you under? So there's, what, six, seven, eight landmines in that sentence. Yep, thank you. Okay. Hey, Roger. Yes, sir. Real quick, I was looking at uh, just going over some of these court cases, and I just wanted to read the one here because it brings a question to my mind, and I don't know if you or anybody on here can answer it. Uh, it's a Supreme Court case, uh, Jones versus Temer. And, uh, it's a, What's the year? What's the year? In, you know, on this page, it's not cited. Okay. Well, then whoever put that together is not citing Supreme Court cases according to the Blue Book of Standards. All Any yep. Supreme Court case always has to have the year in the site. 
Okay, I can look that up then too. But it says here's the, and this is quotes: the privileges and immunity immunities clause of the Fourteenth Amendment protects very few rights because it either incorporates the Bill of Rights nor protects all rights of individual citizens. Instead, this provision protects only those rights peculiar to being a citizen of the federal government. Does not protect those rights which relate to state citizenship. So, correct, correct. Now let's go th- back and analyze that a little bit. Today, John, when you can do it right now while we're talking, but uh, uh, at some point, you want to go to Title Forty Two. You know what Title Title Forty Two is in the United States Code? Oh yeah, that's the Civil Rights Code. The whole book Forty Two yep. Title Forty Two is all about civil rights. You want to go into Section 1983 and 1986, I believe, are the two, and it states the privileges and immunities of the citizen of the United States are the same as the white citizens. That's in the United States Code. Okay, I'm pretty familiar with with 1983 because I've contemplated filing one of those lawsuits a number of times. You know what Um, Brent says? You'll like this. Do you know what a judge hates more than a Title 42 suit? What's that? The person that brought it. <laughs> well, here's the th- here's my question, and maybe Brent, I'd like maybe this would be something I talked to Brent for, because you know the judicial immunity baloney, right? Well, okay. Yeah. Well, they're acting yeah, in their it, delegated responsibilities, and they've got all these guys have got immunity until they out step outside that. That's what we're doing is holding their feet to the fire on that. Okay, and so he, apparently he said. And again, if you look at the uh, forty-two nineteen eighty-three, it it's, it basically states it's, that indicates a judicial officer, which is a judge, obviously. Um, and then it just references the only reason. So it could be a ba- the, could be a bailiff. It could be a DA. It could be prosecutor. It could be are are those judicial officers too? I'm not sure. Not judicial. They're they're court off. They're officers of the court, but not judicial. Judicial means judge. Okay. Um, if you look at, at least when I've looked it up and researched it in Black's Law, it specifically cites judge, okay. magistrate, those okay. types of things. Right, so, right. And a magistrate, but, this is interesting. I just learned this because of, of the Trump fiasco. You know, it was signed by a magistrate, that affidavit they redacted yesterday, where they got the mm-hmm. whole damn thing redacted, right? Have you seen that? <coughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Except for the Make America okay. Great Again. Well, all right. So that was a magistrate judge, and it just so happened to be that he was a federal prosecutor who resigned and went and represented the pilot of Jeffrey Epstein's plane and the plane. Okay. And so then he got named as a magistrate. Well, guess what? Magistrates are appointed by other judges. They don't have to go through Senate confirmation. Correct. Absolutely. Yep. I know. Uh, if you, if you, if you could indulge me, Roger, real quick to finish up my question and, and maybe you, like you said, can answer this. I don't know if you're aware of this or anybody on the, on the phone is, but I've taken some pretty deep dives into the legal realm. And it says, again, it says here, um, because it neither incorporates the bill of rights. Uh, that means you don't have access 14th. to the constitution as a 14th amendment citizen. C- correct. Now, my, my question is, Specifically, there's it's stated in law that the Seventh Amendment, which is the right to a jury trial, a trial by jury in a civil case, the Supreme Court has ruled that that, though most of the Bill of Rights has been incorporated into the states, that is not does not um, uh, the, the 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 state is not obligated to honor that 
that that that particular one, the Seventh Amendment. What I'm asking you is if you, or you or anybody on here does by being a national, does it force the state to in a state court setting to acknowledge that Seventh Amendment? It should. See what they're saying, the Bill of Rights is available to the people in the states, but they're not telling you as a, as a national. They're just alluding to the fact and not giving you clear distinction that as a state citizen, a national, you've got access to the Bill of Rights. That's what that says to me. Okay, so, yeah, so that's the good. So when, when our founders, going back to the, the, the intent of the founders, when they drafted the Bill of Rights, it was for nationals and or state the, citizens. The founders didn't draft the Bill of Rights. Well, yeah, you're right. I know. I misspoke. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? When, when, that, when, the, when the Bill of Rights was incorporated into the, the Constitution in, was it 1891 or 1892, was it for nationals and or state citizens? There, was, there, and, was and not, there were only state citizens back then. Okay. There weren't for federal citizens till the Civil War. So wouldn't that infer? Okay, very good. So wouldn't that infer then that it applied to nationals and state citizens? Well, therefore- they didn't have, call them nationals back then. They called them state citizens because okay. that was okay, the so- only political status that was available. There were no others. But today, national is synonymous with state citizen. Well, correct? they've just changed the label to hide to protect the guilty slave and pieces of crap. Yeah. Right. Okay. So my question would be then, the Bill of Rights was for state citizens. Correct. 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 So therefore, I would believe, and I'm going to go into this now, I'm going to start researching this, could, when I find the Supreme Court rulings or whatever, where they stated that the Bill of Rights does not apply to well you're probably not gonna well you'll find you might find it in couch language but that site you just read is what that's what it said right yeah you don't have to research too much further when you gave me the damn site you're looking for all you need is the year and see you'll find i bet you that you'll find that to be somewhat of a relatively new supreme court case Okay. Why don't somebody put that in a search engine and come up with a year for us? I'm See, this is right. why this is why the year attached to Supreme Court cases is so damned important. Because you can always see the time frame. Jones v. Tumber, nineteen ninety. Oh uh, no, that's that's actually that, showing up. I think a that's a relatively case. new case. Yeah, well, I'm going to find this Well, go, that, go, go. Somebody, either that or John, go research and come back with a year, and it's going to tell you a lot on on your question and how this fits. Gotcha. Sounds good. Okay. All right. Thank so, you, Roger. Yep, you're welcome, John. Who's next? Oh, hey, there, Roger. There's somebody. Yeah. Hi. Uh, this is Glenn in Kansas. Hi, Glenn. Uh, I've got a bunch of questions uh i'm new um well, first of all let I, me find out how'd you find how'd you find us well we had a local uh group started up following uh, david Strait, oh, and okay. then brent brent bothman said no you need to listen to roger sales so i found you and haven't gone back i've separated from that local group since smart then. smart guy now you need to go back and find the ones that can frost a mirror and get this information to them and tell them they're <laughs> following somebody that's giving out bad information sorry david yeah um so uh I, i'm 
I really like what uh, the fellow in what is it, Montana is doing. Oh, Gary, teaching other people. I mean, Matt Gary is just doing a exemplary. Him and Gina. I don't want to forget Gina. Uh, they're doing an exemplary job up there. So they're I'm pioneering. That, they're pioneering local groups in the whole country right now on this. They're the pioneers. Yeah. So I'm wondering uh, when we're recruiting people. Can you give us a list of benefits of being a national yep. that yeah, we can well, speak I, to? I, I can give you one. I don't think there's too many after that, is you separate yourself from all federal authority with the exception of two very obscure sections of the Internal Revenue Code, which are both constitutional taxation. Every other regulation generated by every other agency, including them except for those two, don't apply to you anymore. Is that a good enough benefit? Well, I would say red flag laws. Those well, not all, all those man-made laws are written for uh, residents and citizens of the United States. And by the way, the red flag laws, all they're doing is financing the state. The state is implementing those. All they're doing is financing that. So how much protection do we have from the state in well, it depends on how well you know your information and if you've done everything correct to give everybody put on notice properly. Then you know the information. If they give you any crap, you can stand up to them and be a belligerent claimant because you know the information. There's a great site. Well, and I'm sorry, you, I forgot your name. I'm sorry. You're new. It's Glenn. Glenn, I'm sorry. That's right. Glenn Ambort, my teacher, same name. Um, there's a great court case, great judge, actually. Never made it to the Supreme Court, probably because he's too good. And as I like to say, he may not have been the greatest appellate-level judge in our country, but he's got the greatest name. And his name's Judge Learned Hand. Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> I've heard the name. Okay, Learned Hand. And in one of his appellate-level decisions, I'm paraphrasing here, to claim one's rights, one must be a belligerent claimant. Now, that doesn't mean beat them over the head with a baseball bat. It means know your stuff and be able to stand up and assert your position. The, your freedom is in knowing this information as best as you can have command of it. Then you can stand up in front of anybody and be belligerent, and now your position is either secure or you're dealing with tyrants, one of the two. Okay. And in, I remember uh, John used to say, oh, I'm going to interrupt you, Glenn, for a second. One of the things John used to say, and it stuck with me, is if you're in a courtroom setting and you run up on uh, one of these hanging judges like Judy did, you know, and I remember his statement, Your Honor, are you an independent trier of facts or are you a party to this action? <laughs> Very good. Yep. Yeah. Oh, John was great, man. I miss him so much. So uh, I'm notifying uh, local authorities. Uh, I'm wondering if I got a full list here. Uh, State Attorney General. Okay, here's what we do. Let's go, let's go over the whole notice thing again. Okay, what you're doing okay. is you're exercising due process here, and you're weaponizing it. See, you've always been an object of their due process up to this point. And now, because we've got a level playing field after you file that affidavit, and you've got access to the common law, which you did not have before, and constitutional protections, which we went over with John a minute ago, that until you do this, you don't have, okay? And so uh, what you're doing is fulfilling due process. Due process is a concept that underpins every, every uh, body of law in the world, I guess, except admiralty, okay? 
due process is I, however I can kick your ass, I can kick your ass, I'm going to get your stuff, okay? So, but due process is notice and the right to be heard, all right? And so what you're doing now that you've put the Secretary of State and changed your status, now you're coming back because he's not going to notify everybody for you, I promise you. So now that falls on you. And so what we're doing is exercising our access to the common law and our level playing field, and we're going back and putting all those people on legal lawful notice that my status has been changed with the right guy and the only guy that can do it, okay? Secretary of State of the United States. And so now you come back, and we've this is a process we've gone through, Glenn, uh, it relatively new last few years, and it's mainly because of our good student Kay up in Connecticut when COVID started. And we used to suggest what John and Glenn did with us because they didn't realize the importance of the Secretary of State thing. They were too totally focused on the tax issue, okay? And so what they had us do was file that affidavit in our local property records office, either where you were born or where you lived, okay? Now, that in itself fulfills due process but it's not with the right guy okay so that was the big mistake that they made all right and i think if we'd have known the secretary of state angle 30 years ago then we may live in a different country honestly is that powerful okay so we would file them to fulfill due process with the property records office now what you're doing is going to take your notice to the Secretary of State, and you're going to do it much more formally this time. And the start, Kay kept sending it. First of all, she wanted to file it at the property records office. She lived, they live in Connecticut. Connecticut's an incredibly corrupt state. Okay, And so because of COVID, they wouldn't let anybody in the office, and they were only taking emails and phone calls. And whoever this clerk was at the property records office was damned and determined she wasn't going to file that paperwork with them. So she comes back to me. She's very dogged. She comes back to me. What do we do? I said, well, send it to the Secretary of State of the state, right? You think that's a natural correlation. No, it's not. And the Secretary of State of the States now is more interested in incorporating businesses and getting fees, all right? And so the Secretary of State of Connecticut kept writing her back and going, do, do we have an account for you on file? Do you have an account with us? And so that's when we kind of step back. That's why I say the way we learn is by people pressing the envelope here, okay? So we stepped back and said, well, okay, if it's not going to go to him, who's the chief law official in the state? Well, that's the Attorney General. So you want to notice him that this is on file with the Secretary of State. You don't have to be verbose, cover letter. This is what you want to put at the top. There's especially here in the state notice because these guys are all connected under the laws of agency, Glenn, just like real estate agents, insurance agents, and other type of people in an agency-type capacity in their business. They're all under this group of laws called the law of agency, okay? We used to learn about it. We had, they had to learn about it when I went and got my real estate license, a bunch of it. Okay, And so what you're going to put at the top of the cover letter above the salutation and everything is lawful legal notice, probably in bold letters, oversized font, lawful legal notice. And then you want to put this phrase. It's going to lock them all together. Notice to the principal is notice to the agent. Notice to the agent is notice to the principal. That's right out of the laws of agency. Okay? Now you write him a little letter. Please find the enclosed citizenship evidence. I think it's 
I think is very beneficial if you use that exact term because that's what the State Department calls your affidavit. Now we're talking their language. Please find the enclosed citizenship evidence now on file with the Secretary of State of the United States of America. Please place this firmly and permanently in my administrative file. Please adjust your records, your actions, and your agent's actions accordingly. At the bottom of the letter, you CC, carbon copy, your local DA, your local chief of police, your local sheriff, and the one that we've added in here recently because the state of Washington showed their hand is your local public health official. Now, I don't think they're ever going to get to that. With all the problems they've got on all this exposure, they're backing off everything. Requirements, masks, this, that. Oh, we're wrong. We're going to re- reorganize the CDC. We made mistakes. Yeah, sure. Okay. So I don't know that that health official is going to necessarily apply as much as I would have six, eight, ten months ago. But it couldn't hurt to notice them. And anybody else you want. Hell, notice the dog catcher, for God's sakes. I'm kind of wondering whether we should notice the uh, federal attorney general or well, that just well, well, no, because that should be the federal. You don't have a federal. Oh, you mean on the federal level? Well, you could if yeah. you want to. Well, with Merrick Garland, it ain't going to do no good. But that, if you want to, you can notice. You go back if you're having any problem. The one agency that people want to notice for sure after the Secretary of State generally is IRS. Okay. But there's over 500 of them up there. Your personal situation may be that you were trying to dig a pond out behind your house and put some koi in there, and the EPA comes. I can't do that. You're on the the Water Navigation Act or whatever the hell they're citing. Well, then you want to put them on notice because that's only for residents. You're not one of those anymore. And if you do that and you were in that situation, I would suggest you put the head guy at EPA on notice, the the regional director, and copy – Copy the regional director, copy the district director, and if you're dealing with some particular pricky agent, copy him too. Okay. Okay. Does that uh, make sense? Got another question. Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, got another question for you. All right. Uh, I am uh, an officer in the Republican Party. You are. And uh, I am trying to make changes in that system wonderful and i'm kind of wondering how to walk this tightrope and claim my status and still be able to vote and uh, okay well here's what you do you go down to your supervisor of elections office with your affidavit and you tell her you'd like to change your voter status from a voter to an elector and what what does that mean Right, go ask them. You know, here, here, let me, let's go, let's approach this a different way, Glenn. The 14th Amendment, under the great heading of rights, there's two sub- subcategories. One is civil rights, which you get automatically at birth. The other, they don't give you. Those are called political rights. And those are the rights to run for office, to vote, etc. That's why they call voting a franchise because they've got to give you those political rights so you can now participate in what's called political theater. Does that help? 
Uh, yeah, but uh, and when how you move, do I, I use... think when you move from over from a voter to elector, you're getting the political rights. Would be my answer, Roger. But, but I haven't voted and participated in that scam since uh, Gore v. Bush. So uh, this is not my field of expertise, but I can tell you this, Alan, I'll get to you in a second, that John and Glenn, we didn't know about the Secretary of State back then, and they started running in Utah, and Glenn started running uh, as the representative, and John started run, run, ran against Senator Orrin Hatch, who was in the thick of his career back then. And they went to the voter registration office and got uh, identified and moved over as an elector without filing an affidavit with the Secretary of State. We didn't know about this back then. So go down, uh, and again, Glenn and everybody else, the way we learn things here in situations like this is when people go in and press the envelope. I mean, hell, all they can say is no. Okay. Okay. So my friend Harvey Wysong, in the heat of this uh, 2020 election, now he's got unique circumstances, okay? His family's very politically well, you know, active in Georgia. Uh, his mother single-handedly stopped the Equal Rights Amendment from being entered into the Constitution and ratified. His brother's been out protesting abortion clinics for 25, 30 years. Uh, his his other brother was the chairman of Cobb County Commission that wouldn't let gays when they had the Olympics into Atlanta they wouldn't let any of the gay crap up there in 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 Cobb County, and he got all kinds of crap for that. So there's a very politically active family. He live up in North Georgia. They moved out of Atlanta. And his mother was live at the time, and his mother had the distinction of being the oldest registered voter in the county. So everybody in the voters' office knew who she was. Okay, Harvey went in with his affidavit. He knew the supervisor of elections. He gave her the affidavit, said, I want to change to an elector. And he's obviously interesting story. He's off talking to somebody else in the office, and he turns around, and the supervisor of elections is reading his affidavit. Okay, so go in there and try that, Glenn, and let us know what they do. I don't think they're going to give you any garbage about it. And that may be something you can really go tell all the folks in the Republican Party. You don't have political hmm. rights. This is a scam. Okay. All right. Uh, now, hold it. Let me see. Alan wanted to say something, so I got to pause. Our good buddy Alan up there. What would you have, Alan? I'm just on the surface looking at that. To me, uh, I would not think that he could be an elector if he was a officer in the party wouldn't that be a I, I, you know th this is something i just i just don't know i don't participate in that so i don't know but we'll know if glenn will go in and start asking questions when y'all get through with that then come back to me i had something else i wanted to bring okay. up too. all right glenn um now you said that uh, under the 14th amendment i thought we got natural rights that natural rights is what I'm after, but you said there's 
the two classifications of okay. rights under right. the Fourteenth Amendment are civil rights and political rights. Well, as a national, you'd normally get those two under the civil on the Fourteenth Amendment. With this scheme they got, you get birthright citizenship applied to you at birth, and you're a surety for the for the fraudulent bankruptcy in 1933 because they've made you property and they're extracting you to basis the your future income to basically through the IRS to basically support the system. So you don't get one for everybody that's born. See, they dangle this out in front of you and you're supposed to get God given rights at birth. That's what the founding documents tell us. But with the bankruptcy, they've turned everything around, brought this scheme in. They set up with the 14th amendment unknowingly where people are property and they put you in a surety for the bankruptcy and the bankruptcy is running the country since 1933. That's where all the administrative agency have grown out of. There weren't administrative agencies agencies before 33 because there weren't any serfs after 33 they started building up these administrative agencies with unelected bureaucrats that take the legislation that your representative passes up there and they take it and run it through the system and then the agencies reevaluate that legislation and put out regulations now called public policy for the surf class and many times that the the regulation they promulgate is 180 degrees opposite in intent and meaning from the original legislation but it rolls on in fact the only way outside of somebody like President Trump going in there and ripping all those regulations out by the roots like he did, the only way you can get a regulation overturned in court is to go back to the original legislation, show the original intent, and show what these bureaucrats have done with it. And you can get a regulation overturned that way, maybe. Does that help? Yes, thank you. See, so you're dealing here with the administrative state. I know. I'm going to ask a rhetorical question. You've heard the term deep state? Oh, yeah. This is the deep states, the administrative agencies with unelected bureaucrats reevaluating legislation and putting it out as public policy for the surf class. And until you file this affidavit, that's you. Because you're presumed that way from birth. It's all a presumption of law based on fraud. Right. Does that help? Yes, that okay, helps. Thank go you. back now. Go to go to the matrixdocs.com, Glenn, and start listening to some of those interviews that are posted there, and get your arms around at least the tip of the iceberg that shows. Okay, and then we can go back and do stuff like last Saturday's show, where we spent an hour and a half or more on R plus D equals R and the ramifications of that formula that runs the world. So where can we find uh, the recordings from uh, Saturday? Uh, CastBox. You can find four years of recordings over at CastBox, C-A-S-T, like casting a rod, castbox.fm. And in the search engine, put Radio Ranch, two words. I think I pop up at the top of the list. There's four years, almost four years of interviews there, or shows, excuse me. Okay, and where can we find the chats from uh, these okay, sections? Two, two places. There's one on Jitsi. You're with us on Jitsi. Thanks to Murr. There's another outside chat for the listeners that aren't on Jitsi, and that is Roger Sales. My name is S A Y L E S. Roger Sales. Chatango. C H A T A N G O. Chatango. Com. And Murr puts information in both of those, I think. 
She says she does. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I do. So okay. do other people. Okay. Especially in the Jitsi chat. But to get to the Jitsi chat, that bar, pop-up bar on the bottom, it's the fourth icon over on your left-hand side. And I don't pay any attention to that because I can't do the show and concentrate the way I have right. to I'm, here I'm and follow all that stuff. Okay? I'm telling the new student. Okay. Roger, is there any court uh, cases that identify the uh, a state as it exists today as an administrative state? Well, there's God almighty tons of, of court cases on it. Okay. I mean, I don't know if you have any particular citations. Well, be uh, Brown, I think Brown v. Chrysler is one. It's particularly revolves around regulations. That's where I learned a lot of the regulatory scheme. Okay. But there's tons of – let me tell you this story. You know, I I really, really, really admire Clarence Thomas for a lot of reasons. Okay. And uh, Clarence Thomas, I saw a um, – interview with the uh, a meeting he did harvard has a habit of bringing supreme court justices up to talk to their law school students and they had clarence thomas up there all all the different years of law school students and it was it's on the youtube somewhere it was a delightful interview you get really get to see his jovial real side and one of the students asked him what do you do when you're deciding a case that's constitutional versus administrative? Pretty good question, huh? And he goes, "Well, if it's constitutional, it's it, it it's it's pretty hard, you know, because we got to go in and weigh a bunch of stuff. But if it's administrative, we kind of take a sneak peek and go back to the original intent of the legislation. Now, as so that tells you right there, he's very aware of the difference." Now, when Amy Conan Bryan was confirmed by the Senate, this last appointment. Barrett. Barrett, thank you. She used to be uh, uh, Scalia's clerk, by the way. Okay, And so when she was confirmed by the Senate, they couldn't wait to get her sworn in that night. And they swore her in in the Rose Garden. It was a live ceremony. Did you happen to see that? You might want to go back and look at it. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Okay, and Clarence Thomas swore her in, and in the oath it says, "I abide. I agree to abide by all the laws of the United States." He didn't say United States of America. Clearly, he knows the difference. They're under the bankruptcy. The country's in bankruptcy. The Secretary of the Treasury is the governor of the International Monetary Fund. It says it right in Title 28. The Secretary of the Treasury is the governor of the fund. The Attorney General is also an emissary of the IMF. That's why we can't get any decent damn justice out of there. If you were a bad guy going to take over a country, what two offices absolutely are necessary? Treasury and law. Those are under the International Monetary Fund. Jeff, go ahead. I'm stepping on you. Correct me if I'm wrong in this terminology, but Pelosi is the president of the administrative state. Pelosi it runs Washington, D.C., and if that doesn't give you cold sweats, I don't know what would. 
Amy Amy Comey Barrett's name may be Amy Comey Barrett, but according to some of her decisions, it might as well be Amy Conan the Barbarian. She's uh, she's she's made some real bad decisions. Very very Catholic, tote Catholic very. to the core. Okay, all uh, of them up there. But so so is so is Clarence Thomas. Yeah, she may even be a Biden. Don't know. Speculating. I'm just telling you the incident that happened. He swore in under the laws of the United States, not the laws of the United States of America. Why? Because we're in bankruptcy and the administrative state in D.C. runs a country. Plenary powers. Okay. So did that Alan Alan wanted to say something a minute ago. I can get back to him, but I want to make sure we got Glenn and all these other peripheral things dealt with. <laughs> Glenn, did that help you out? Yes, sir. Thank okay, you. Okay, well you're uh, relatively new here. I can tell cuz I know you don't have command of the stuff. So go back and start listening to those shows, listen to the ones on the Matrix docs, get your arms around the the overall high points here and then we can go back and dig in on the minutia, okay? All right. Thank you. But I'm real thrilled that you're in the system up there and that maybe you can help spread this information internally into the party. Uh, that is a one of my object, okay. objectives. Oh, fantastic. Well, if I can help you in any way, I'm at your disposal, okay? Thank you. You're welcome. Alan. Hey, Rod. Hey, uh, I just we haven't heard that. from you in a while. Where have you been? You been up there eating chitlins or something? Yeah, chitlins and yeah, possum, chitlins, all that. All right, getting ready for the great reset, huh? <laughs> yeah, buddy. Well, that's kind of. I want to switch gears here a little bit. I, I hadn't heard anybody mention anything about the rail workers and them talking of an imminent strike. I haven't heard anything about it. Okay, by September the sixteenth, if they don't get their stuff hammered out between now and then, and it's something to do with the Biden administration and something they were trying to implement or force on them i don't know but if they don't get it straightened out they say by september 16th the rail system will shut down well they might the biden they're trying to force them to sorry uh, Roger, i, I was going to say the biden administration might, might be instigating that strike well that's are, they trying to force them, are they trying to force them to get the jab no 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 it's know. nothing to do with that i don't think it's it's other political junk going on inside or something there well, they they've been screwing. Out. They've been screwing with Union Pacific Railroad and having Union Pacific Railroad not take fertilizer contracts they were obliged to, not haul grain where they could feed cattle and stuff that they were already contractually abide uh, obligated to, and they call a force majeure on it, which means they're saying they can change the contract. Right. And just pay yeah, them off right. in cash. See. That may be some of it. I don't know, but uh, there's there's imminent talk that looks like most of the rail system's going down by mid September if if things don't straighten out well, there. I mean, they're and trying that, to, they're trying to create chaos before the midterms, folks. This fits right in. Well, FedEx is also looking that they're uh, they'll be probably going to strike before Black Friday. Before Black Friday, oh oh, in in uh, in November. In November, yeah, FedEx is saying they're, they're having there there's there's no telling what kind of a soup we're going to be in in sixty days, folks. False flags are going to go out. 
uh, and assassinate some black leader and blame it on the white supremacists. Who, who knows? Monkeypox well, epidemic, no voting live at the polls, all done by ballots through the mail. Who knows what these – they're capable of anything. And they're particularly dangerous now because they're cornered. Yeah. Well, what it said in part of that article was the White House had appointed a presidential emergency board, uh, released a recommendation as part of the ongoing collective bargaining process. Both sides had 30 days to accept these recommendations. If the two parties don't agree, the rail workers are allowed to go on strike as of September the 16th. Okay, what they're doing is they're putting this into arbitration, and if the arbitration doesn't work, the workers are going on strikes, what I take out of that. Yeah, but, yeah, like you, they may be forcing it because you know what happens if the rail system goes down. I got a pretty good idea. That's all promulgated under the Railway Labor Act. Hey, Pat. Good afternoon. Morning. I think. I, I guess it's afternoon up there for you over in the eastern zone. How you doing, bro? Excellent. Glad to have you join us on Saturday. Yeah, I'm glad to see that. How long have you been doing this now? This third, third, third week on Saturday. Okay. I got bored. That's, that's, that's hey, good hey, for me. And, hey, Roger, you ever get bored in the evenings? Our after our after talks are great. <laughs> uh, you know, no, I usually I insist on having a life, and I, I, I like to get out of the apartment in the afternoon. Maybe go have dinner well, last night. To come in as an anonymous. Uh, no, I, I'm going to let you guys hammer all that stuff out. Hey, Roger, okay, some, who's who's urinating in the background there? Yes. Well, that's I'm sorry. That's that's the rain. We got a little thunderstorm. Here. Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll go back inside. Anyway, uh, I, sw- I just wanted to uh, make sure uh, that you stipulate when you reference someone like uh, Amy Conan Barrett or whatever her name is and associate her, with her being Catholic, that she's one that doesn't follow the Catholic faith. Well, okay. I mean, I don't know too much about it, so I'm not, I'm not an expert enough yeah, to differentiate. She, Clar- Clarence Thomas is, is a as a devout traditional Catholic, there's a lot of mis right. misunderstanding about, right. you know, there's been a right. tremendous amount of infiltration uh, within the Catholic faith. But, yeah. For like yeah. hundreds of years. Do you remember when, uh, uh, who's that attorney, Robert Barnes on Alex Jones, right. When Trump was uh, appointing, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. And he said there was that Cuban, I think from 11th circuit or something that he said that should have been Trump should have appointed her. She was really solid. Okay, you I remember don't remember that. No, no, I don't. Yeah, yeah, she was on Alex. He was on Alex Jones a number of times right before she got appointed. He said it looked like she was going to be the one, but there was this uh, other Cuban lady um, again, and she was another Catholic. But she was, and that's not the reason I'm bringing it up. But Robert Barnes, and that's who I know you follow, I uh, was on Alex Jones saying she would have been really solid. She, I think, she was a, a justice on the yeah, eleventh. Yeah, and so circuit. now, what, who's the Biden uh, administration run trying to run into that slot? Do you know, John? I bet I don't. A black gal that was the head attorney for the Southern Poverty Law Center. What's her name? I don't know. I don't remember. That's You're not talking about the one that just got appointed, was it? Uh, if they appointed somebody, it's probably her. The one that can't that can't define a woman or something? Or? No, no, no. That's a different one. This is another one of those okay. kind of witches. Okay, gotcha. 
All right, now we're going to have to get cut off here in a minute because we're close to the end. I don't know with all the, I don't know if the server is going to knock us off automatically or I got to stop. I don't know if Paul's got anything scheduled on Saturdays after us. But anyway, we're right at the end of the program. Anybody else have anything real quick? Yes, I do. Uh, this is Dave in Orlando. Yes, Dave. There was a female that was trying Dave, to get listen, in. Um, I'm getting. Wait, hold on, Dave. Was okay. it, who, who was the female that was trying sure. to get in? Hi, Roger. It's Victoria. Hi, Victoria, <laughs> out in California. Yeah. Um, so I had a question for you that might require more time, but I just briefly would ask if you had any opinions on the Wasa passport. On the what? The Wasa passport. Is that an Indian tribe? <laughs> no, it's um, it's the World Service... Um, it's a world passport that was set up by uh, uh, Gary Davis in 1953, and I'm trying to figure out if it's a good idea or not. Well, it couldn't be a bad idea. Submit your affidavit and get one. Okay. All right. I don't know how valid they are. I've heard of people traveling without pass official passports, but don't know anything about it. Well, it is actually considered an official passport, but the whole passport thing is such a scam because that's that's a false creation. The idea behind it is that we technically shouldn't really need passports and that we're all inhabitants of Earth. And so yeah, that, not, well, that, That's just more of this world citizen crap. I don't buy it. Well, that's what I'm concerned about, that it might be like tied to the U.N. or something, even well, though... could be, but if you've got your affidavit in with it, what does it matter? U.N. Mm-hmm. says every man has the right of personal political de- determination, but I want to contest your statement that all passports are scams, because that's not true. Well, in terms of um, needing needing them we shouldn't really need them i mean yeah yeah we because we're under an agreement I mean we're under an agreement that was from the 1600s i believe called the westphalian agreement and the westphalian agreement is when they set up countries around the world and other countries that have different citizens and you're going to be presented and traveling in their country don't you think they need to know who you are well Don't I think you? it's important to know who you are, but the way that a clerk can just sort of arbitrarily decide. I mean, there's a lot of problems with passports. Well, so you're, you're right. See, we can't get into the discussion because I get off the air in a second. You want to come back and discuss this? I disagree. Sure. With, I disagree with your premise on them being crap. Well, okay. Well, I'm. I should rephrase it. There's a lot of problems with passports. Such as su- su- such as let's see we're out of time okay here i'm gonna i'm gonna pop us off for the people on the recording uh we're supposed to get off right now and i'm gonna take us off the server and then i've got a lunch this afternoon and so um we can't get into a bunch of after with me anyway but i'm gonna stop this and do i want to stop the recording 